Will you put your old headphones over the thing there and I'll do the beepy poos? Beep. Oh, that's what it sounds like every time. Uh, All right. Welcome back bye. to just a quick little fucking sh- shit chat on um, just some of the like our thoughts on the Olympics being postponed and what we think performance might be like next year f- across kind of all domains. And Fitz was halfway through a rant there when I paused him and we're going to let him reset. So just take it back like 30 seconds, Fitz. Actually, sorry, I'll give you yeah. a bit of context so, before we got into this before. It just seemed random. We were just talking about, in, in weightlifting in particular, that for most people, look, being honest, unless you're on drugs, if you're a natural athlete, you can train for competitions and expect to peak at them. I think you have to let the training dictate what you, I was saying, you need to let training dictate what you're going to do at the competition. So you aim for dates where you think you could hit these numbers in training and then you go and perform to what you're able to do at that period of time, you know, instead of trying to force performance when we know weightlifting just doesn't work like that. And then Fitz had a little, he was just going to talk in there about what the fuck yeah. people are doing. It was just, it was something I was thinking about yesterday uh, in relation to, so running into the Olympics, like we've heard people talking about it a lot. We've spoken to a lot of people about it, of running into perfect, or running into big competitions in not perfect form. So I think if you were to do a survey, uh, especially in weightlifting, of all the top athletes when they're at the Olympics, there's not going to be too many of them will say, I'm in absolutely perfect shape right now. Or they're going they're not going to be too many people who'll say, uh, I'm in the best physical condition or psychological condition I've ever been in for training and it's happening at this Olympics. It's just a four year cycle, it's so incredibly difficult to get everything possibly right uh, over the course of your four years. So I think when we see this kind of elongation of the Olympic cycle where it's now gone to five years and we've basically had a mock run into the Olympics, I think it's going to negatively affect a certain population. So populations where people are kind of just barely putting a band-aid over some sort of issue, they know they'll qualify and they're going to pull out something big at the Games. I think those populations won't do well next year, obviously. I think... Older populations will probably not do that well because we'll just see people retiring like we see with Ilya retiring. Uh, But I think if you're looking at the slightly younger populace, so for most sports, you're going to have people in their early 20s uh, or mid 20s. For most of those guys and girls, elongating that cycle to a five year cycle is going to give us some really, really, really big increases in performance. So I'm just wondering what the kind of increase in records like look there might be no increase in records but if you get a coach or if you get a coaching setup and you say i can give you an extra year to get ready they're going to be like oh yeah that that's absolutely brilliant like we've not only do we have an extra year to get ready but we've planned it like a four-year cycle so we've a dummy run in we've gone through the eight months leading up to the olympics already so we have all that experience gained from last time We've done, this is now like a proper dummy peak. So they've probably done dummy peaks for like world championships, Europeans, whatever the competitions are. But they've done a legitimate dummy peak for the Olympics, thinking that it's still happening. Uh, So you combine that extra year of training, you combine a huge amount of experience that's like genuine experience. It's not like, oh yeah, we're going to prepare for this competition like it's the Olympics. Like they've been genuinely preparing like it's the olympics because the olympics was going to happen so they have that all that data 
and then they have a prolonged period of time with zero drug testing. I genuinely think this, like in Tokyo, is when you're going to see some fucking astronomical numbers. Uh, and it, it might be when you'll see some astronomical numbers from the countries that don't necessarily have huge state-backed uh, assistance programs, if you get what yeah. I mean. Um, <laughs> like for, if we if we so, take weightlifting in specific from the moment, uh, if we look at someone like, for example, Lou is, I think he's 35 this year, or he's 36 and he'll be, he'll be obviously a year older, so 36, 37 next year. And for him, it's not a disaster because obviously I think the diminishing returns, like the jump, there's not an exponential jump each year. So the exponential jump would have been from yeah. 25 to 35. So we would have expected to see a huge decrease in performance. But honestly, I think the difference between him now and him next year won't be that different in terms of, I think people expect to see a huge decrease in his performance. But if we look at, he hit, so 207 at Worlds last year, that was an international competition PP. Now, they say his max is, is 210 clean and jerk, but I find that almost impossible to believe. I, I don't believe that one bit. I'd say it's yeah. closer to 215 or more even. Um, So if we look at him next year, he hit 205 earlier this year in some... They did like a mock competition last month, and like he's just very strong. And he doesn't appear to have lost any yeah. if he speeds. So he did 174 at that. He also has the extra three or four kilos, four kilos of body weight in competition. So for him, he's just going to try and not get injured, and then he's going to do his thing, I suppose, for him. He's a pro athlete, four world championships, multiple re- records, probably the second best snatcher of this, well, maybe top three snatchers of this generation the last 20, 30 years. For him, it's just stay strong. You see, and obviously if any team is going to support an athlete in a way where they're going to have the best possible opportunity, then it's 100% going to be the Chinese team. If anyone's going to do, you see them training yeah. their abs at the moment, they're doing like this entire fucking rig of just holding positions like you know they're going to pay attention to every minutiae of detail because they have unlimited funding uh they're willing to try new things they're very yeah. creative in, in their coaching and i know people think i rag on chinese weightlifting a lot but actually i i just rag on what people think chinese weightlifting is i suppose or what they think it'll do for them yeah people trying to sell them shit but they're very creative you know they I took the soviet system and made it very kind of they kind of put a bit of an art form to it as opposed to you know this doesn't fit in the in the kind of analytics you know they're like well maybe if we get 0.5 percent stronger obliques he might snatch more or get injured less you know stuff like that but yeah. for people um you know for people like moretti it's obviously a phenomenal gig because he wasn't looking since he dislocated his shoulder last year um he it looked like he might not even make the olympics but now it's he's going to come out in unbelievable form and um yeah i suppose We've been told that Iranians, obviously it's not that hard to guess, you can like learn this yourself, but we've been told Iranians like to take a lot um, when they're training, a lot of uh, mega vitamins and come out of the gates hot. So, you know, make of that what you will. So likelihood is next year we're going to see a very strong variety. Um, for like, like Dara was saying, a lot of younger weightlifters, this is, an extra year is going to be just phenomenal for them and it's better for them because... Yeah you'd be kind of hoping that the older weightlifters might be kind of getting knocked out a little bit or decreasing performance. So it's um, like, this is, it's a great thing for some people. And then other people then were kind of looking at like, as opposed to other sports in non-string sports. or so if you look at like sprinting, uh, running, stuff like that, runners, it's just kind of a year of waiting around really. Like a lot of them aren't going to the Olympics, probably aren't going to be getting massive increases in their performance. They're looking just to maintain their physical condition 
not overtrain now for the next few months and then hit peak competition again i suppose for next july so that's for them they kind of not have an easier boat but it's it'll just kind of be a mental game as much as anything i think for sprinters though yeah i think that's going to be one of the huge challenges is people having put themselves through the work of the last four years and now saying oh just another 12 months or realistically it won't be another 12 months it'll be another eight nine months until they kind of get into the the whole rigmarole of of getting over there and and like finishing up whatever work they're doing here or finishing up their training cycles and and starting to taper uh but yeah like there's certain sports are going to obviously have there there's going to be negatives uh involved with certain sports because if you take uh team sports you're not going to be able to have the identical team structure so if you're on a hockey team or a volleyball team you're going to have certain fallouts or you're going to have certain people who will have to retire or you'll have new people coming in that's probably where we'll see the negative so like if you have if you have the best hockey team in the world right now you're not going to have the identical team next year or it's very unlikely you'll have the identical team next year with the identical team chemistry, with the identical physiological uh, markers that they have right now. Like, if you have a single athlete, it's very, it's not easy, but it, it's much more simple mm-hmm. to get that person peaked, get their physiology and their psychology, or psychology right, and then make sure their tactical coaching around that is really, really good. If you have a team, you now have 30 people you have to get right. You have probably two or three times more coaching staff. So you might have nine coaches instead of just three. Uh, so like coaches, physios, S&C coaches, whatever that is. Like getting all that peaked again is going to be incredibly difficult. Uh, so is it like I think in the individual sports, track and field, uh, weightlifting, throwing, any of those disciplines, you're going to see really, really good numbers. Uh, I think we'll see some big records. I think in the team and the more kind of classical sports in inverted commas, uh, you mightn't see, or you might just see an upstart of a team uh, or not one of the kind of favourites. So like obviously Holland will be favourites in the hockey. Uh, You'll have some of the rugby sevens teams will be like heavy, heavy favourites. But like, I think you're going to see some change in team dynamics. You'll have to have some change in coaching dynamics. Uh, it's just the way things work. Like people aren't always able to commit to another year of something. Uh, so yeah, it's it's something that kind of started off as a rant for us. Uh, the last thing that we didn't mention earlier is that you have people who might have had a four year ban. Uh, with the like the caveat of a four year ban is so if somebody got banned in Rio, they're not going to be able to go to Tokyo or whatever it is. Uh, but now you have people who might have been banned for four years. They'll have served their four years and then they get to come back to the next Olympics. Uh, so I think that is going to have an influence as well. So there's the um, there's a possibility. So I think originally we were going to see one in weightlifting. I'm not sure about other sports now. I think the athletics for Russia were still banned. But for weightlifting, it's possible we were going to see... Um, we're going to see one male and one female, I think. So it'll be interesting to see how things develop over the next year or two. At the moment, they're heavily crutched, obviously, and it's not um, it's neither here nor there, I suppose, for people to... They got caught, and I suppose that was their biggest sin, was they got exposed, like that, realistically, for being 
you know, very truthful. Their biggest issue was they got caught. Like, it's not that they were more cheaters than anyone else. You know, they weren't, um, they weren't worse or people. Like, they just, they got caught yeah. ultimately and they're being heavily criticized. And I suppose they had the history of, um, 70, or like 40 odd 50 years of a, a cold war behind them being the kind of enemy of the west you know so they it was very easy for people culturally to demonize them now what that'll mean for next year will we see russians athletics and stuff in the olympics i would imagine probably not i feel like they'll still be punished um for the weightlifters i thought we'll see any kind of medals from them maybe some of the females who knows if they send like tatiana she might get a depending on what kind of shape she's in she doesn't she hasn't gotten close to her um her big numbers she did 193 i think at worlds before in 2014 um which is just so who told us she did 210 in training was that uh it was nat wasn't it it? Nat? yeah so she's done 210 in training clean and jerk and snatched was it 160 or something um, yeah, something absolutely fucking mental. So, like, how would they even load a 210 on a woman's bar and she's able to clean a jerky without dying is, is out, out, yeah. just unbelievable. Uh, for other sports, like Dara was saying, teams... Like, if we look at um the team, the Irish team that beat the All Blacks in 2018 in like, the December, that yeah. team that went to the World Cup for the All Blacks was 50% different. 50% of the team was different, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. Obviously, yeah, like, it, that was true force, a- though. That wasn't, like suddenly half the all blacks had to retire they were cut from the team you know but that is still a huge dynamic like you're not going to see yeah you know yeah and it, it's like that's a perfect example you know there's that's a huge or a huge change in such a short time and if you look at the irish performance like the the squad remained almost unchanged you had certain changes in the irish squad but like yet they had a horrendous performance at the World Cup, yeah. Like through, through one reason or another, but so like that's the ultimate example. I should have when I was mentioning this, I should have brought that up. Like fucking hell, you have the best team in the world, or one of the best teams in the world in the Irish team, uh, and then only a matter of months later, a fuck up of a World Cup. So if you take there's however many team events at the Olympics, like a huge amount of team events, uh you're going to see some shifts in dynamic and like team sport has a has a whole host of challenges that individual sport doesn't like individual sport is difficult but team sport is uh trusting and relying on other people for your livelihood uh trusting and relying on people to basically allow you to do the thing you only want like the only thing those people care about in the world they might care about their family or something uh, something that doesn't really matter but the only thing that really care they really care about is their sport and then you have to rely on 15 20 25 other people to allow you to realize that dream like that is yeah. so hard in weightlifting if you fuck up you fuck up if you uh in sprinting if you have two false starts and you're gone then or like one false start and you're gone uh that's your fuck up. You can own that fuck up. It's not anybody else's fault. In fucking water polo, if somebody gets, I'm not, I'm in no way okay with the sport, but if somebody gets like sent off or whatever it is, uh, or like gives away a penalty, I'm not even sure if there are penalties, and then suddenly you don't get to the Olympic finals, or suddenly you don't qualify for the Olympics, or something else like that is crazy levels of of trust in another human being uh yeah 
So it's, and like the nature of sport is you just won't get those opportunities again or it's very, very likely you won't get those opportunities again. So you get, um, you have like the kind of tolerance I suppose for each player is, is massive on teams. So like one player can be very shit that day, but obviously it's the sum of the totals. So if everyone else's yeah. tolerance is towards the better end of their potential, when everyone's training or playing that game, if most people are on the positive side of where they should be or where they can be, and then you kind of have one or two players at a down day, then it's not a big deal. But then if you're ending up in, you know, slowly as time goes by next year, those whole teams, if everyone's drifting towards their shit end, you literally, I, the exact same Irish team played horrendous 10, 11 months later. So it's um like something I don't think people talk, uh, think about much or it's not something will come to people's minds is when you think about, um when we think about the Olympics, we just see those athletes and then we see, so across all sports now, but the logistical nightmare, the actual, the amount of yeah. work that goes on behind the scenes with people who like the thought processes that go into those winning gold medals is just astronomical. And it's something that is, it's like a corporation, you know, some of them. So Dara had some experience. You went, so it was the um, Netherlands, was it a hockey team? So the kind of the... It was the, the like head of the, basically the head of sports performance. So for the Belgian Olympic setup. So every single Olympian in Belgium, uh, this guy handled, he was like their performance head. So he was over everything. Uh, and they were, so before Rio, they were on the ground. I think they were on the ground the year before. So they were on the ground 12 months before looking at the setup, looking at everything over there. Uh, then four months out, they basically moved out there. They had, they had a whole apartment block to themselves when they arrived None of the plumbing was done. There was like huge fuck ups with the electricity. So they then had to bring tradesmen over from, from Belgium. Uh, they kitted out. So this is like a few months before the athletes are arriving. Then you're talking about bringing in all the food. Uh, and then if they don't bring in the food, you have to go to suppliers on the ground. Like obviously Japan is going to be. That's phenomenal, uh, I imagine. Yeah, but it's it's going to be very different as well. So like, if Rio like Rio had its own host of challenges in terms of food procurement and uh, and ensuring there was like a steady flow. So if you go to a supplier four months out from the Olympics and you're looking for uh, like however many hundred kilos of of produce and they say, oh yeah, we can produce that, you sign a contract with them. Then the issue comes that they'll sign that contract with twenty other nations or fifty other nations or however many there are, and then nobody gets the fucking food when it arrives so like you have countries shipping in containers of food uh that the athletes are used to eating you'll have people out there testing the food testing the water doing absolutely everything they possibly can like belgium is an unbelievable uh country in terms of like the the kind of frameworks they have and the investment they put into it uh but then like even they'll have to do this amount of work uh, so for all those people who have been on the ground in Tokyo for the last few months, uh, which there undoubtedly will have, like there will have been teams flying over and back doing reckies. Uh, there will have been like fixers on the ground over there for months. Uh, so that's like the, they, they, it's an advantage in one way because they have an extra year to get all the facilities ready. They have an extra year for all the kind of, set up and and procurement and stuff like that and making sure everybody's comfortable over there uh like that but yeah like the amount of work that goes on behind the scenes like we think oh training for the olympics is difficult 
because you've like coaches, you might have really, really good coaches, you have to program everything, you have to plan for four years, you have to get really good talent ID, then really good uh, talent realization, then really good uh, like talent retention uh, and talent optimization and all these things for like performance are very, very difficult and keeping everybody good, keeping everybody inside the lines. Uh, but in terms of logistics and in terms of the overall challenge of the Olympics, besides the just raw development of an athlete to get them to that level to be good enough, the real challenges lie in bringing 100 athletes to a different country and getting them all to be able to perform at a high level. You know, so obviously people think when we see athletes, we see, so that phrase we've used before, you know, you can't make strawberry jam out of dog shit. If you look at athletes and you have two athletes in the same sport from the same country and one of them cheats with doping, we assume that that was the only difference, you know. But in reality, the amount of advantages some countries have in facilitating people's performance is just so in advance of what other countries could possibly throw at them. Yeah. That it is in itself a form of doping. Like the Olympics is the most unfair event when you think about it. So like if you look at, um, you know, when people think of world records, and I, and I wrote this in the article about Gabriel, is yeah. we think about world records so and we all make this mistake and we think of world records as the reflection of that athlete and that's there's something they can do just kind of at will and we make that mistake when we think about it we just think they can lift the world record and that's it but in reality now there's someone else who wrote this along for me but they were saying that world records are just a reflection of what that one athlete can do in that one moment and it's not a great reflection of um what we should think of the greatest athletes you know the most consistent winners titles and rather than thinking of like tour doing 501 we should look at who's done the who's won the most worlds, strongman or whatever. You know, we yeah. should look at other factors like world records. Mean are just a just a tiny reflection at the best possible moment that that athlete could facilitate. You know, so if we go to a country and we have a country who has gone to the Olympics three years beforehand and they have got the best beds and they've got um, the food that athletes used to. So so obviously then we have people like Usain Bolt who go over and eat a thousand chicken nuggets, right? But then we've people, you know, he obviously he's a freak of nature, and there's like we've seen obviously like you know there's people talk about his stride length is wrong and the way he runs and like we've seen what he does in the gym and his training's probably retarded, you know. But he still did that, like you know. Yeah. Yeah. But then if we go to um, like if you if you look at the advantage, so if we think world records are a reflection of a person's performance in that one moment, and we have to look at everything else prior to that moment, so their training may be unbelievable, but let's say you go to Tokyo. And you just hate fish and you've been in great condition. You get food poisoning. You lose a lot of weight. And you yeah. just don't feel great. You don't get enough protein. Probably Rio is probably a better representation of that. So then we get to Rio or we get to Tokyo. And while you've been in great shape, your team didn't have the money or it didn't have the foresight or the management skills to get you there and provide the best opportunity for you. So you've gone from being in great shape to ending up with terrible sleep, terrible nutrition, and your performance drops 20%. And that world record is no longer, was isn't so far as your possibility that it's not even... You may have been like you were never able to do it, you know. So, like, when you look at the, the logistics behind athletes, the, they are some of the ma- the biggest unfair, like, kind of advantages, like, pros and cons of, of being from that country, you know. Like, Ilya yeah. is probably a great example for any weightlifters listening. Like, the support he got from his country was one of the reasons he was the most undefeated weightlifter. And he said that himself, you know, the support his prime minister yeah. gave him what he wanted. And obviously we saw that with, even with his ability to come back after four two positive tests three or three positive tests you know yeah come back competing fine and have a chance of going to the olympics again that should tell you how much power and money 
was given to Ilya to give him the position he could be in, you know. So if you think of any other sports, there's like hundreds of cases of that kind of um, yeah. shenanigans, you might say. Yeah, I need to give you a slight correction, actually. I was talking about the Netherlands yeah, team. He said Belgium. I was yeah. talking to was from Belgium, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think that's that little mini cast rant. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of disappointed with like, that. Dip- the Olympics? It's so exciting. Yeah. It is great. Like, I fucking love it. Yeah. Uh, I like, I'll watch two flies racing up a wall. Uh, I'll watch any fucking sport. The, who, no matter what it is. Yeah. I'll have it running in the background, except soccer. I just hate it. Who? I hate everything about it. I hate the people who do it. I love the Irish I commentator. The, 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 the fellow who does a lot of the Olympic sports. I don't know his name, but he. Oh, what's his name? He is the best. He is phenomenal. He used to commentate for the Formula One as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what's his name? Oh, he's just, he's, I'll watch any sport yeah. he's coming He'll be coming to the end of the cross country rate or fucking show jumping or whatever the fucking horses just yeah. had. Like, and he'll just, he'll know so much. Like, he's just phenomenal. I love the Olympics. It's such a buzz. Like, I love the kind of, um, during the summer, the atmosphere it gives. Like, I still remember watching yeah. the 94s in 2012. Like, I remember where I was watching it and stuff, you know, like that was. Yeah. Watching it. I remember watching the a lot of the 2012 Olympics in my sister's house I was like re-wallpapering because yeah. they had had a flood so I was just like it would be like in between events I'd be running in and steaming the wallpaper off the wall yeah. and then running back out and be like like I remember watching the weightlifting that way I remember watching the sprinting that way uh, oh it's it's so good if you're into sport yeah. it is like people get really obsessed with the soccer world cup uh, because there's like obviously huge variants of countries and you get to see all these different whatever Yeah, but the Olympics is just phenomenal. Like watching uh, freehand pistol shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's some like Uzbekistani teenager yeah. who's like mopping up with the rest of the yeah, field. Yeah. Or like, there's oh, it's it's so good. I remember watching it. Like, yeah. I was like, I was training in the shed at the time, but I was also like farming at home. So during the summer from college, yeah. like, and I can remember just coming down and sitting watching because on the evening and it was just oh, it's so good. You might see um, might see Seek of Strength at Tokyo next year. You never know. Yeah. A, that's another advantage is it's a lot more likely we'll be there yeah, like next year we were kind of this year. looking at it this year but it just didn't seem like it was going to happen but next year it seems I think there's a, bit, a bigger possibility and we'll have a chance to yeah um, I'd say there's a good chance it'll happen um, yeah it'd be unbelievable I'd say yeah I can't wait there's a greater than 50% probability that we'll be there next year hopefully yeah I think we'll try and make it so. happen um, it'd be so that'd be unbelievable Tokyo of all of them I'd say in our lifetime will be yeah where's the next one after this is it los angeles or paris they're the next two i think los angeles is next okay um and so the other thing then is like on the back end of this yeah you have a three-year olympics oh shit yeah yeah we forgot about that actually which is gonna be fucking crazy like it obviously if you're listening to this you're like oh it's a crazy like yeah, yeah. I, I run like three different programs here that is yeah fucking Going from a four-year cycle to a five-year cycle to a three-year cycle yeah. in three cycles is fucking mental. It's in the, like, there are sports scientists yeah. and, like, Psychologists and fucking people losing their minds over this. like the bed, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, spreadsheets have to be changed. Everything is different. <laughs> like, it was even, I think Team Canada were the first to say they're not going to send their athletes to Tokyo this year. And that kind of started the ball rolling yeah. with the UK and America and stuff, you know. And um, But for some people then, the three-year cycle will be better. Someone yeah. like, some weightlifters, it'll be a lot easier. So they won't have to go such a long time. They can kind of 
so they can take the break and get peak form so they don't have to spend ages peaking it down losing it again coming back up in the form so it has its own kind of um positives for some yeah. people but then for other people it's it's going to be not as great i suppose but for most athletes no. it'll be probably better if you peek into it you know there's a, like less less time between those major events um yeah but um look next year will be good in fucking 2020 is halfway nearly what one do we know five nearly halfway there Whew. yeah Whew. oh lordy um right all right thanks for listening thanks lads and recording <laughs>